<laughs> All right. Hello and welcome to Misfits on Vinyl. My name is Spencer Strykert. I'm an actor, comedian, and one of your hosts. Uh, my name is Aaron. I am also one of your hosts. And an actor. We'll see. Aaron <laughs> we'll is see. an actor. Yeah, Aaron possibly. is going to be acting in my TV show that is yet to be named. Yeah. Y'all have a small cameo. Yeah. Aaron's going to have a cameo, and he's going to have one line, and it's going to be great. Actually, I might just reuse the lines from Dr. Face, too, <laughs> yeah. and just give you the exact same well, role. One of the last times I was in a movie, I had to show my tits. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens next. <laughs> we'll see what happens next Usually time. Usually I have to do that before I get the role. Yeah. yeah it's I, weird that you got that was a part of the role. It was a part of the role, yeah. Well, I actually volunteered. They were like, they were like do some background stuff. I was like, can I take my shirt off? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. All no, right, this well, this Jaws is uh, part two. This is a two-parter. I'll send you the link. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and uh, uh, Sam Sam the Tech Man produced that one. Mm-hmm. And Sam wrote, wrote it. it as well. Yeah. We, it was on TELUS for a while. It was, uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, we, uh, we had a little premiere party when we were in Toronto because both of our TELUS Story <laughs> Hive movies came out the same day, and they could not have been more different than each other <laughs> because mine was about being like a, a, a kid who lost his mom and his dad's abusive and then he kills his fucking dad and uh, and it's very dark and then Aaron's is like very fun and it's lighthearted. A, it's a talking comic book and I played a, a frat boy named Chad so it really like uh, really different spectrum awesome. spectrums completely. Really stretching out to all sides of genres. Yeah. Um, why did I do this? I, I don't know. <laughs> I a, fucking hate good, that. That's a good question. Um, okay, so this is part two. Of, impromptu uh, part two. Impromptu part two of uh, our episodes with the vetoes. So Woo-hoo. last episode, uh, we're going to title it The Vetoes, The Pressure, but I forgot <laughs> to give them a rating. So uh, 10 out of 10 for The Pressure. Yes. Yeah. The, oh. it, or Right in the Kisser. The right in the Kisser. That's the name of the album. Pressure is one of the singles. But 10 out of 10, uh, it's in Misfits and Vinyl history. Only you and Michael Jackson have accomplished this. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> And you haven't it's even one of the... heard the record. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, we have a feeling. We have a feeling it's going to be... It's probably one of the only times yeah. you want to be put up with Michael Jackson, but congratulations. <laughs> it's better than all the times I've been put up with him. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Okay, so... So, your guys' album is coming out uh, on the 16th. What's that now? It's out now? It's on the What'd 16th. Is it out on the 16th? Oh, 17th. <laughs> yes. 17th. 17th. <laughs> they, they told us earlier. But yes. What's going on? 17. And then on March 3rd, you have your album release party in Vancouver. Can you please tell us about that? Because I am super hype. Well, I'll say one thing. Lenny Sleeves is going to be in the audience. Ooh. He's going to be there. That's right. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, that's right. And there's, uh, there's big expectations. Great yeah. expectations. Get, that's how you talk now. That's right. <laughs> that's how Nolan talks for real. He was fake. <laughs> you know, I, I actually play Linty in all the music videos. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy because I would have never known. We can cut around this. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan is Nolan's more of an actor than I am in all honesty. 
I mean, in in all honesty, Nolan's performance is fucking incredible every time. So it's true. I I think there's gonna be a role in my TV show for Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> fucking a, Let's dude. Go. Honestly, yeah, he's he's looking into voice acting. No joke. That's a, that's a good, fruitful industry. Get yeah, voice me, acting baby. is insane. The The amount of money yeah, that people are... make for doing voice acting? Oh. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah man. It's, ever since we saw Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. Like, when he's, like, doing the voices. <laughs> yeah. That was it. That's what I knew. That's when he knew my future. He wanted to be made into a woman. For good. <laughs> Perfect. Let's put, and you know what? Quit He's play. doing a great Let's get job. On with the surgery already, fellas. <laughs> all right, uh, all right, all, all right. right. So uh, every episode on Misfits on Vinyl, we review an album. It's sometimes one of our favorites. It's sometimes a really popular one. Or mm-hmm. when we have a guest on, it's an album that the guest picks. This week, it just so happens that it crosses all three of the Venn diagram, mm-hmm. and the album that we yes. are r- reviewing is Drum Roll. Electric Shock, show the album. Boom. Arkell's High Noon. Woo! Woo! Okay, so... Uh, when uh, <laughs> When you guys picked this album, uh, what was it that uh, made you guys want to cover Arkell's High Noon? Dude, um, it is... I mean, it's just undeniably the quintessential work that defines uh, Nolan and my friendship. It's uh, it's a record that we bonded over and and continue to bond over to this day. It's a very special album to us. It, all, you know, it when it came out, we had sex. We had, we made <laughs> we made love with each other, and and it played during our wedding ceremony, <laughs> and it will be playing during both of our funerals. Oh, that's, that's how much it means to me. I can't wait to hear the, the bagpipe ever... version of dirty blonde <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. what i'm most excited for mm. uh, yeah, with we, like we, the we sad it. boy singing you know <laughs> like like danny boy except it's your thigh highs and your dirty blonde hair Dad, yeah. oh oh Whoa, oh <laughs> call it dirty ass hair dude yeah. we don't. Uh, it's actually really that's funny it. because this album uh it when it came out like it was right when i moved to calgary and um I, for two years, uh, worked as a barbecue delivery guy. I delivered barbecues and patio furniture. <laughs> nice. And uh, I, was, I was basically Hank Hill. Um, but the, the yes. part that's great about it was this album was played on such heavy rotation on X92.9 yeah. and on CJSW. Yeah. It still is. And it still yeah. is. And, mm-hmm. and it's crazy, though, because it was on CJSW, and I remember, because I used to volunteer there, I remember when that album came in, Arkell still hadn't pop popped like, and they had had massive mm-hmm. success at this point, but like not to where they were going, and so yeah. they were still like a college rock band, you know, mm-hmm. like they were still like what college radio stations would play, and then it was on yeah. X ninety two nine, it was on Amp, like it it started having pop success. It mm-hmm. was fucking incredible. There was all yeah. of twenty fifteen, basically any radio station that you turn to except for country. There was Arkells at least once an hour. Specifically, leather jacket. Okay. Leather, leather jacket, jacket played everywhere, especially here in Calgary. It was quite right. quite a popular track. Yeah, and eleven eleven. Mm-hmm. Oh Come my god! Light. Come to the light. Hey Dude. kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Yeah. No, it's uh, but, yeah. fucking incredible. Um, okay, so yeah. I'm going to get into the About the Album here. <clears throat> so it was released August 5th, 2014 by Dine Alone Records and Universal Music Canada. It is the Arkell's third full-length studio album. They recorded it in 2013 at the Hobby Shop in Los Angeles, California. And this album is an alt-rock powerhouse with hints of 80s synth-pop and melodies that just make each song a banger. Mm -hmm. um, every single song you can hear... Uh, elements of like Bruce Springsteen level of like you know. I was gonna say you could hear it in some of the the choruses and the some of the synths as well had that eighty Springsteen kind of vibe to it. Um, I was Definitely. actually noticing that listening on the way over. Yeah, yeah it it really came to like uh, at the time there was so much eighties stuff coming out again mm -hmm. like like this like inspiration from the eighties. You know that's uh, the same year that Taylor Swift released nineteen eighty nine, which had a fuck ton of 80s influence. Um, right. There was just, like, yeah, so true. many pop songs that had that influence, and then they brought it in with alt-rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. The The Springsteen was, I mean, was less touched than the... A lot of people were trying to do the aha kind of yeah. take on me 80s thing, but that that Springsteen thing is was kind of untapped and... Uh, when it was, it blew my mind, man. When they when they came out, obviously I was a fan from Jackson Square days, like from day one. First time I ever heard uh, "Ballad of Hugo Chavez," I uh, remember rocking out. Like I remember, I was like twelve or thirteen. I was raking leaves in my backyard. I had this little portable FM radio I listened to, <laughs> and uh, that came on. I just remember stopping raking the leaves and like air basing. The baseline for Ballad of Hugo Chavez. I just like it's a it's such a core memory for me. And since that that was the first record I ever bought was Jackson Square. I was like it was the first time in my adolescence that I had discovered a band. First record I ever bought. First like was was High Noon. Yeah, exactly. The first album that Nolan ever bought was High Noon on CD. You know, but. Yeah, it was just like that was the first band that I'd ever discovered myself. Like no friend had showed me, no, you know, my parents, no influence there. It was just like a band I heard on the radio. I was like, yes, this is it. And uh, followed them obviously through through the Michigan Life days. And then, bam, High Noon drops. And I remember it's so funny. I just remember running into Nolan at a Walmart. And I didn't even know he was there. And we were both there to buy the album. <laughs> we bought, we're buying hmv was closed for the third time by then even and uh i just remember running into nolan and uh he was with a mutual friend of ours and we were both there like trying to get this score this new arkells album and and we i remember we worked together at the time and stuff like that so it was just it was all this it was it just it all amounted to this like this band that I loved since day one is fine, is really doing it now. Like you could tell right away, like the, the songwriting was snappier and the hooks were more fucking crystalline. And it's, it was all just like, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to go too off because we're obviously going to work through this systematically, but, uh, Oh, I, uh, nice it, deep cut there. Not <laughs> about this album. It, it's, yeah. uh, it's like the defining work of our, uh, late teens early it's adult the basis yeah yeah, yeah. We, we we draw back to this album a lot of references like well and it taught it taught us how to write song yeah. write 
good songs too. Like that's, it's constantly something we reference when we're talking to each other about what we want to hear from each other in the band. Like do, uh, I just like literally last night I texted Kirk. He, he sent me a demo last night and I said, uh, you got to make the pre-chorus sound like, what are you holding on to from, from this record? I was like, that's because the chords sounded like, it. I'm like, you just got to lead into it. Like I want, I want to hear those changes. I want it to sound exactly like that. I want the drums that we're every, every time we talk to each other, we're like, this is, has to be our Kelsey. So yeah, I don't know what you're saying know. is this group is really your rally cry. <laughs> ah, mommy! Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's. Uh, I think that's really cool. That not only is it, you know, inspired you guys musically, but it also seems to be really a part important part of your friendship and important part of you know yeah, the bond sure. you guys have together is the share and the taste in this album. Um, I mean, we have albums like that yeah. too. Me and Spencer. It's um, it's a really cool thing when you yeah. find a set of set of music that you guys can bond over and just like play the shit yeah. out of it all the time and not have to worry about what what you're putting on the aux cord. Like, yeah, no, I I, I feel like and it's it's funny because there's uh, very distinct moments where you you find those relatable music uh like experiences mm -hmm. and <clears throat> when you guys are talking about that like it's funny because there's going to be people that are listening to this that maybe don't uh because like we do have listeners from outside of canada and obviously the arkells are bigger mm -hmm. here than they are elsewhere but of course uh, they might not understand what it's like with the arkells but they understand that because everybody has that experience with their friends where it's like oh shit this is the thing like this is now yeah. what we're going to be listening to for fucking ever yeah. Well, that's, Dude, that's something yeah. that's really unique in Canadian music, the Canadian music industry, is that there's so many bands that are, like, big acts here in Canada. Like, the Arkells sell out the Saddle Dome. They play big stadiums. Um, but they might not be yeah. known. Like, it's the big thing with the Tragically Hip. It's so cool that, you know, in Canada you can garner a huge audience and, you know, lots and lots of fans, but you might not be the most known band out there. Yeah. Um, it seems a little unique just because of the way the radio is – the radioscape is – is formatted and everything like that it uh it really pumps up the community yeah, yeah, dude. but this is this is the record to me it feels like this is the record that catapulted them into the fucking saddle though mm -hmm. yeah i know like it's i know it's they i did they did play like they were still playing like thousand person venues on this on this site record cycle i remember going to see them with my girlfriend at the time at the commodore that's it's probably the best show I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like it's probably one of my favorite shows that I've ever seen. I saw them at the Stampede was, in would have been 20, I, 2015 or twenty sixteen. They played the Calgary Stampede. Yeah, yeah that was a really oh, really good Stampede. show. Yeah. yeah, well that but that was that was them at their peak. But this is where they, I don't know. It's like they made a decision where they were just like, we're gonna really do this, and uh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna write a fucking record like full like front to back fucking bangers. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it, it it did exactly what they wanted it to, man. They they wouldn't be where they are without this record, I don't think. I know I know that shit has changed since then, and they've made career moves that have gotten them where they are as well. But like this is the fucking definitive moment where they decided, hey, we're we're not just gonna write alt rock radio hits. We're gonna fucking we're gonna do it all. We're gonna we're gonna, crush. We're gonna cross over. Like you guys said, everywhere except for country, and thank God they didn't go country. But... <laughs> <laughs> Although, I and I believe me, you love me some country, but uh, yeah. I I will say it. this: I would love to see 
Max do a solo country career because I think that would be a fucking <laughs> solid move. Especially with his poli sci fucking degree, he'd be writing some great woke country. It'd be amazing. He'd be like, fucking my girlfriend left me, will. but that's okay. She's her own person. <laughs> She's her own woman. She exactly. can make up her mind. <laughs> she didn't take my dog because that would have been theft, and I'm not going to put that on her. <laughs> that's a hit right there. That is a hit yeah. right there. Um, okay, so getting back to the album. It was produced by Ooh. Tony Hoffer who previously worked with Beck, M83, Depeche Mode, and Foster the People. Mm. He was a seven-time yeah. Grammy nominee. And it was partially engineered by Eric Ratz, who won the Grammy for Best Latin Pop Album for Enrique Iglesias' 1997 album, uh, his self-titled album. Mm. He also was a 14-time Juno winner working with Cancer Bats, Billy Talent, Danko Jones, Monster Truck, and Big Wreck. So this dude... Like, it wins a Grammy with Enrique Iglesias, and then fucking is working with like one of the heaviest bands in Canada, Cancer Bats, and yeah. wins a fucking Juno with them. Like that's kind of insane. He's Monster got a range. Truck. And then the other part uh, was engineered by uh, Harry Hess, who is the front man for the hard rock band Harem Scarum. Mm, that's a good name. That is a great name. I have not listened to their yeah. music, but I love them already. No, not <laughs> um, okay, so to go on to uh, promote the album, the Arkells toured extensively, including tours in the U.S. with Lights, Tokyo Police Club, The Postels, X Ambassadors, and Lydia, a European tour with Billy Talent, Augustines, and British Sea Power, and Anti-Flag, as well as a Canadian tour with Metric, The Tragically Hipped, Colorado and Sam Roberts. Damn, they got they're in all oh, the Canadian yeah. like big bands, man. They they literally were working with everyone that is known outside of Canada. Fuck. There's some heavy hitters there. I love Metric. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love Colorado. Oh, mm. oh man, Colorado fucks. We'll we'll come back on for a Colorado episode. That oh, sounds yeah. good. That sounds good. We'll schedule it in. Yeah, record in a bag, dude. That fucking album fucks so much. Pussy. Oh my god. And, <laughs> and also the fucking album art that Colorado uses is some of my favorite because it's like it's almost that like simplistic fucking like it, like l l less is more mm. is basically like what their album art is. It's just so fucking good. Um okay. Hell yeah, dude. So, to get into the about the artist. They were formed in Hamilton, Ontario in 2006 by Matt Kerman. Uh, Max Kerman. Wow. What the fuck? <laughs> so, my first flub okay, of the episode. There we go. Uh, <laughs> you uh, were long overdue. Uh, Max Kerman, who was the vocals and guitar. Mike DeAngelis, who was the backing vocals and guitar. Mike, uh, Nick Dicka, who was the bass. Tim Oxford on the drums. And Dan Griffin on the keyboard and vocals. They originally oh. called themselves Charlemagne until another band threatened to sue them. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as soon as I read that, I was like, was it Charlemagne the God that threatened to sue them? <laughs> Could have been. Yeah. Could have been. <laughs> the Arkells is a much better name. This is a state from 14, the 1400s. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so the... Charlemagne's great-great-great-grandson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, is Charlemagne, like, what is Charlemagne? 
I don't know. It's it's in a social studies textbook somewhere. Nice. <laughs> Rack my brain for knowledge. Man, I love that we all obviously pass social studies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was the worst class. The only reference I know is like in uh, Malcolm in the Middle, like like uh, Brian Cranston's character is like uh, he used to have this like radio alias, Kid Charlemagne. Kid Charlemagne. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's the only reference I know. Kid Charlemagne here. Yeah. <laughs> it a... And I'm sure it's a very clever name, but I don't know the reference. So. Sam, that's, that's the only thing I have to trace. Charlemagne the Great was a former Holy Roman Emperor. Ooh, he was Ooh. a former Holy Roman Emperor. Nice. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Boring. You know what? I am glad bad radio. to know that, and I am going to now uh, portray Charlemagne in a biopic. <laughs> Get good for you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good for you. Good for you. Okay, so uh, the Arkells then changed their name to the Arkells, which is named after Arkell Street in Westdale neighborhood of Hamilton near McMaster University, where they mm -hmm. all went to school. Kerman graduated oh, yeah. with a BA in poli sci, uh, which really makes sense for a lot of the lyrics in the Arkells uh, discography. Mm -hmm. um, their debut album, Jackson Square, was released on the 28th of October 2008 on Dine Alone Records. In late 2008, they toured across Canada as the opening act for Matt Mays and El Torpedo. And later that year, they performed the halftime show at the Vanier Cup in their hometown. Yeah, it's the college football championship. College right? football yeah. championship. It's nice. our Rose Bowl, baby. <laughs> yes, mama. <laughs> Not nearly as good talent. No. No. But guess what? <laughs> our uh, our alma mater mm. uh, uh, that we dropped out of, uh, they've won the Vanier Cup uh, more than any other team. Oh, learned something new as well. Yeah. I could give less of a fuck. Okay, so getting back to the Arkells, in 2010, they won the Juno for Best New Group, mm -hmm. uh, which was the first of many of their Junos. They've, uh, uh, I, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but basically, if you're a band in Canada and you're good, uh, you will win the Junos for 10 years straight. <laughs> at some point, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... If you don't win, you'll be nominated for 15 to 20 years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, in 2011, they released their sophomore album, Michigan Left. And shortly after, Dan Griffin left the band to go back to school. And he was replaced by Anthony Carone. Yeah, he was. Yeah. We have a lot of material on that. Really? Well, he's responsible for the change. The and sound. sonic uh, shift, mm. we think, to the Springsteen era. Yeah, man. He he is the missing piece of the band, dude. He, have you ever have you seen them live? I have yeah, not okay. seen. Uh, okay, I, I actually I was going to talk about this later because I've only seen them. Uh, I was at their their album launch for Rally Cry at Union Station, so I saw them do an acoustic set in like Union Station with thousands of people standing around them. And that was really fucking cool, because that was one of those moments that yeah. you could hear a pin drop. And the only other time I saw them was on the X-92 train, because when they when they play huh. in cities, they'll do a weird one-off fucking free show. And it's just like, if you're lucky, you get to go and see it. Yeah. Uh, and they played, uh, they started at Crowchild Station, and they went all the way to, to uh, downtown. And it was just literally guitar and fucking clapping, and uh, it was 
also really fucking cool. But I've never seen them live with like uh with you know plugged in instruments. Yeah, proper venue. (laughs) You see them in a train and a train station. (laughs) Like actually, yeah. Every time I've seen them, there's been trains. There's been trains involved. Yeah, I know that's that's really funny. But no, that was that was something that we were discussing was like one of the main components that he wanted to talk about was Anthony's contribution to this. Yeah, the the transition in eras of the Arkell. The sound, man, like like especially like the first three songs, like the impact of the keyboard in those songs, mm-hmm. fake money to come to light to cynical bastards. It's like Oh, and but Dirty Blonde, like do do song four, I think. But dude, like I think basically every song has yeah, a keyboard like, hook it, in it, it. Exactly. And it, and it's just they're so Hardcore, like, like yeah. I, I don't think in the, in, in the in the album's previous Michigan Left and Jackson Square that it's it, like it, you know the keyboard's there, but it, it's not the leading. Riff. No, it was padding the mix. It wasn't it was padding. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't leading the charge. Like now, when you see them, dude, Max Kerman and Anthony Carone, they're co-frontmen. They they they. It's literally Springsteen and Clarence Clemens. That's the dynamic that they are having on stage. And it's like that's that's when it all changed for the boys. I think. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it it totally makes sense because like everything before uh, before high noon was a little heavier in uh, in sound. You know, like it it, it sounded yeah. and and especially like like I I do think that you're right because the the keyboard from high noon forward is is i would say one of the most important elements of each song mm-hmm. bar none yeah bar none yeah yeah would not be the same without it yeah sorry to interrupt i know you're still going through the history but no no there's no uh there's no issue with the interruptions like when we have guests on the format kind of takes second second fiddle Fuck so if you yeah. guys want to talk about something just fucking talk about it yeah it's not uh the format oh, doesn't really matter yeah no. <laughs> we're not sticklers for it we're we're really not sticklers for it i yeah. i i could fuck we could we could hardly keep fair. to the format on our on our own <laughs> so you know. i know i've heard i'm a fan of the show i <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The format, the format fucks off for long conversations about nothing. Quite often, <laughs> oh, yeah. quite often yeah. Um, okay, so I do want to say, uh, "Whistleblower," which was like the lead single off of uh, Michigan Left. Mm-hmm. It this is a connection to the city. It was used as the Calgary Hitmen's intro song for the 2011-2012 season, and it was also oh, yeah. used in the uh, NHL 13 game. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Vidya game. That's right. The, the video game. The video game. <laughs> Very nice chill. Yeah. Fucking chill, brah. Let's fucking chill it up. All right. And then in uh, 2012, they won the Juno for Group of the Year. Mm-hmm. And in September, uh, the band played Gian Gomeshi's 1982 book launch in Toronto. Ooh, that's somebody that's tough to talk about nowadays. Big ol' oof. Well, I, it's funny. I was actually listening to Q this week. And they were talking about that new movie, the uh, oh, I forget the name of it now. Women Talking, I think it's called. Um, and it's like about like the uh, Mennonite women that got sexually assaulted. And they were on cue, and the director Sarah Polly was there. She's like, "Yeah, it feels weird talking about sexual assault in this studio." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh. <laughs> yeah, and fucking everybody. They're like, they're like, do we laugh at this? <laughs> oh, it's pretty on the nose. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it feels like that's uh, that's accurate. I, you know what? It's so funny because like, 
Uh, I was working at CJSW when that all happened, like when that all came out. And I just remember a very big shift in the energy in the studio where like everybody was like, we don't want to talk about this because uh, this is awkward. But then everybody was fucking talking about it. And I was like, hey, you know, it'd be cool if we just focused on weird indie music like we're supposed to do. Let's not talk about this horrible dude. One thing, one thing I wish that happened though. After that, is I wish Billy Bob Thornton slapped the shit out of him during that interview. That's the only thing I wish is like Billy Bob Thornton threw hands. Now that everything's come out, like fucking, I would love to see him smack him around a little bit, dude. I I, I would yeah. love to see him use his guitar for good for once and smash it <laughs> <Yeah>. over his <laughs> head. Bad Santa, bad. Oh fuck. Um, okay, but the same year, they also started a tradition of sending fans digital downloads and postcards at Christmas. Ooh, that's lovely. Which is very nice of them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we're going to skip. <laughs> that was lovely of the fellas. Uh, <laughs> nice. All right, yeah. so we're going we're gonna to skip forward past uh, High Noon now. Uh, their fourth album, Morning Report, was released on August 5th of, t- 5th of 2016, which was the year... That we all met each other. Yeah. Yeah, because that was when yeah. we were starting university. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was uh, a, an absolute fucking banger of an album, too, but it did not nearly get the same uh, you know, uh, hype, hype cloud, that yeah. High Noon got. Um, but I do remember the singles on this. Like, you had Private School. You had Knocking at the Door. Um, Fuck yeah. And, like, those were just bangers like, that were played yeah, fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. Dude. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little leg there. Uh, you guys any got any comments about that album? Like, uh, where does it fall in the Arkells oh. discog for you? Oh, about Morning Report. Yeah, where does that I, fall I in the discog like, for you? Like when we all heard Private School, we were fucking stoked, man. It was that 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 was a great way to hear them come back, and, and it was really funny because like when we all heard it, we heard it on an AM radio <laughs> at like this this fucking music Yoda's dude in Selkirk, Manitoba that we were staying with. (laughs) And, and it was like, it was just the funniest setting to hear the brand new Arkells in. But like right away, I think we all knew we were like, Oh yeah, this is a sick already good follow-up. Well, yeah, it felt like they were taking another step forward, like getting kind of weird with like a little bit of spoken word, like, like really like hilarious, like rapping almost and an explosion. (laughs) Like, Boris, and then yeah. fucking dude and then like i know nolan's always been a big nerd for it like next time you listen to it listen to the drums in the last yeah. chorus it switches from so live it switches from he's 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 doing the like the, the hi-hat hats. beat like through the whole course ah yeah. fuck off and then like randomly he switches to a ride just like mm. in the middle of it like in the middle of a like, fucking like, bar it, it felt like it was spur of the moment and they kept the take like, oh like, that's yeah, fucking like, cool. that's pretty cool yeah yeah you gotta yeah just like listen to it that with that in mind next time it's like yeah dude i don't know every that whole era of it, uh the high uh, the high noon transitioning into the morning report uh album cycle was like it was such a fucking peak yeah that's that's them at their peak man that's them at their best like and uh, you know obviously knocking at the door was just well yeah that song fucks wow fucks dude knocking at the door was actually my like uh every time i'd go into an audition i would be listening to it before i'd fucking go in and it i swear to god it just got me into like the right Mm. fucking mind to go in there and just be myself because i'm like like oh god it's just such a good hype song yeah 
No, it's an awesome. Story. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, I I say though, like you know, with, with having High Noon being the, the premise of all this in mind, I still believe to the day that High Noon is the front to backer that I'll I'll cherish forever. Even even though I like. Mm-hmm. Morning, Morning Report has so many, like you say, singles on it that are just fucking unbelievable and, you know, just gargantuan songs for them. That's the front to backer album filled with the the best lot of those. Yeah, that's, that's the one I'll that's the one I'll show my grandkids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the one that's the classic on the shelf. Well, and especially because Morning Report has a couple of duds on it. You know, it has a few songs that you're like, ah, I'm going to just skip it. Yeah, you know? it's got a skip or two, definitely. Yeah. Make, like, one specifically for me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is I, your one. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, whatever. I'm not here to talk smack about the boys. I fuck it. They're, they're still one of my favorite bands of all time. I've seen them uh, a zillion times. So. <laughs> no, we're just going to shit if on they the ever see, If they ever see this, I love you. Gods, <laughs> <laughs> are they won't. And if they don't, yeah, fucking passenger seat sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. That's so the clip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, the video for Private School features cameos from Lights, Dave Monks of Tokyo Police Club, and Steve Jocks, formerly of Sum 41, who also directed the music video. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, They released the song Round and Round, uh, and that was then featured in the EA Sports game NHL 17. (laughs) <laughs> and at the Juno Awards, uh, they were nominated for Group of the Year and Rock Album of the Year. They performed their viral hit Drake's Dad live on the television broadcast and then released the single Knocking at the Door, uh, which was a protest track for the Women's March. And the track shot to number one on the Canadian alt-rock charts, where it spent 14 weeks at number one. It also became their number first number one active rock single. And they performed it at the NHL Awards and the iHeart Radio Awards. Mm. So, big mm. fucking year for them. Yeah. They, yeah. Get a lot, they get a lot of love from EA Sports. Yeah. 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 EA loves <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. Fucking nobody they, loves they still EA. still do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll hear ones EA. from fucking IKEA all the time. Maybe that's why EA has all those, like, pay-to-play games. Because mm. they have to keep paying the Arkells. But- to be fair, as a Can- Canadian that grew up grew up playing the NHL games, there was something about the soundtracks, especially in the games. Like I remember, NHL 06 had a fucking wicked sound. It had Red Flag, Billy Talent. Like there's a couple of sa- soundtracks from fucking yeah. NHL that actually are really, really, really solid. I fucking learned about Paramore because of NHL. Yeah. 08. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You like, know, fucking, it's uh, they've had some. They, they literally man. They they certainly nowadays. I, I I haven't played the game in a while, but now nowadays the the soundtrack is um. You know, I do. I played the new one a little bit. Um, there's a couple good songs. The rest are kind of, um, kind of iffy. But what did I hear? The there's a Canadian band from um, fucking Montreal. They're a punk female punk rock band. They got a track on the new game, and it's pretty fucking solid. I forget their name, but yeah, a really good track. <laughs> <laughs> they opened for Billy Talent when I saw them. I forget their name too. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay, this is a question for you guys. Because uh, you've seen Billy Talent live, I have not. Have you guys seen Billy Talent? Yeah, I saw them uh, Dead Silence tour. Probably, yeah, probably around the same time as all this shit's happening. 2013, mm-hmm. maybe something like that. Wow. Oh, and Sam, you yeah, said yeah. you saw them. Yeah, they, were, they played at Coke Stage. Oh shit! I saw them when I was pretty young on the Coke 
stage. That is so cool. I saw them in May. It was pretty fucking wicked. Okay, so uh, this is kind of a sidetrack, but uh, controversial opinion from me. Dead Silence was their last great album. <laughs> I still like the Yeah, I, again, in case anyone in the future ever listens to this, I'm going to withhold my opinions. Being <laughs> but I'm not going to disagree with what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, for an album that goes, like, front to back. Yes. Their first three albums, I can listen front to back. Dead Silence, I can listen yeah. front to back. Um, and they've had no, some. Dead they've had some great songs since then. Yeah. But the, those were just the bangers. All right. So getting back to the Arkells, on August fifteenth, twenty eighteen, the band announced that their fifth <laughs> studio album, Rally Cry, would be released on October nineteenth. Uh, and they had an album release at Union Station where they uh, would let people get shirts mm-hmm. silk screened with like different fucking logos on it. Uh, and then you could get a picture with them, which I got a picture with the Arkells, and I was so happy. Oh, shit. I fucking wanted to nice. cry. Mm-hmm. I was just, ah, uh, I was I was cheesing in my pants a little. Um, <laughs> and that was when they started this trend of doing the weird pop-up shows, like I talked about the fucking X-Train. The last time they were here, they played uh, the Calgary Tower, which was that's really cool. cool. Yeah, that's I cool. was super bummed I didn't get to see that one. Um, and then uh, the album peaked at number 12, and then uh, the tour featured Lord Huron opening. Um, none of their subsequent releases have, like, cracked into the top 30, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they've, they've, again, still had really good songs. It's just been that, like, that was the last album that, like, as an album charted. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was also, though... I would say maybe their most political album. Rally Cry. Yeah, because you got American Screams, you got People's Champ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They really leaned into that. Mm-hmm. It, the, they wanted to anthemize the, their uh, political side. Relentless. Relentless is good. Yeah. Yeah. That one was like, apparently that, yeah. one, what, that one was like... Co-wrote by Tragically Hit. Well, it was a quote about... Gore Downey. But it was co-written by them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. The Relentless Like a Dog on a Bone. Like a Dog on a Bone. Was, I can't remember what the fucking, what's the guitarist name of the the, the hit? Oh. No, I don't know. Sam, Sam, Sam. You know him. Sam, Sam, the tech man. (laughs) Google, 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 Google. Fill it in. You Um, know it. But yeah, that was a quote from him, apparently, about Gore Downey. I may be wrong about that. Oh, that's cool. The, the details, but... Uh, no, he's not. Okay. You're, you're good. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, no, no, that's... Yeah, they... But see, here, again, circling back to High Noon, I think that's... I don't know if there's really is a... Uh, I don't know if I would say there is a political song on the album. I think that's maybe why it's such a good record, too, is it feels like a personal record where they're, like, mm. talking about youth and, like making out in, in on a camping trip and stuff like that. Actually, just Fake like, Money is a political song. What's that? Which fake one? Fake Money. Because Fake, fake money. money is yeah, anti-capitalist. Right. And then, uh, 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 right. what's it called? Yeah. Uh, Cynical Bastards as well. Mm-hmm. That one That one is uh, very, uh, the, uh, fuck, I had True. a note on it and I lost it here. Um, but the, <laughs> the, yeah, Cynical Bastards <laughs> was like, like their big... Uh, uh, political one, but because it's so fucking happy and upbeat, you don't notice it. 
you missed it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. No, because yeah, I was just like scrolling through the track list. I'm like, yeah, that one makes me happy. That one makes me. That one makes me happy. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of track list, mm. should we get into the track list and notable singles? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Let's. Sorry, I'm cr- I'm crashing a little bit. Right You're now. crashing. Yes. How are you crashing right now? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm about to what? take a snooze when I get home, dude. I uh, I am so high energy because I am gonna go see Mark Norman tonight. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah. Oh shit! Sure. Nice. Yeah. Is he here? He's he's in, oh, Calgary, he's in Calgary tonight. Yeah, he's he's been here nice. for he's yeah. here for I guess this is his third day or third second? day, and I think it's the sixth show. Yeah, I'm I'm going to the late show because it was sold out. Nice. So I uh, I messaged him and I was like, hey. Uh, can I get a ticket to the late show? I, and then he's like, uh, yeah, I'll see. And then the laugh shop emailed me and they're like, we'll let you and Siobhan come in. Don't worry about it. And I was there like, oh, fucking A. Awesome. Can you oh, say nice, and Aaron? And Aaron. <laughs> well, she already tried to bring like two more people. And I was like, I can't sneak in like a whole fucking group of people. Like it's literally going to be us. That's it. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I need to t- still work. Pardon? Are you a Tuesday? I'm a Tuesday. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> he, he's also got a podcast with Sam Marill. That's the theme song for that podcast, the We Might Be Drunk theme song. That's what I was going for with your motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. No, that yeah, uh, yeah. that is one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah, I think. it was actually on my list. Uh, I'm a big fan. I love Mark Norman. Yeah. I'm kind of disappointed. I was. Uh, there's a really tragic story about how I didn't get tickets to the show. It's so heartbreaking. Uh, my boss. Was, yeah, he was, I watched his cat. So he's like, owed me money for like three months for watching his cat. And I was like, fuck it, man. I don't even care about the money. Just buy me tickets to Mark Norman. I'm going to go with a couple of my buddies. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got you. I got you. I got you. Never fucking did. He got sold out. Oh yeah. I got sold out. So hard- pretty, pretty heartbroken. Yeah, no. That bastard. And he still hasn't paid me. I'm so I was like, fuck <laughs> it. I need to grow a backbone. Like, fucking guy still hasn't paid me. So. Okay, so getting into the notable yes. tracks and singles. <laughs> uh, okay, so these were the ones that I remembered from the radio, so I just wrote them down, and then I started finding, like, uh, info out about them. Uh, hey, kids, Cynical Bastards, uh, 1111, which was the fourth single. It went platinum. Uh, Leather Jacket, which mm. was the third single, and it was their highest charting one. It's mm-hmm. been, it was on like number eighty-eight on like the adult contemporary. Um, Come to the Light, which was the first single on the album, and it was number two on the Canadian alt charts. Uh, Never thought that this would happen. Was the second single. It was forty-six on Canadian rock and Dirty Blonde. All yeah. fucking bangers, mm-hmm. dude. I know. And that's and that's not even mentioning the there's some depth in the track list too. Like uh, I mentioned before, there's uh, what are you holding on to? Uh, I think crawling through the window would have been a. I think that's the logical conclusion to the album. Mm-hmm. Always kind of felt that it's like the. I, I think that's one of my favorite ones. If they ever play that live, like that's a tearjerker for sure. Like I mean, honestly, systematic kind of fucks too. But it's oh just, yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about cool Systematic. Fun. Yeah, Systematic is one of but the that, tracks for me. Nolan's sorry, Nolan's getting ready for work now, so I'm holding down the fort. That's like, okay. He does. We've both thought for the longest time Systematic can eat its own ass, 
because it doesn't fit with the thematic element. Like it really kind of is a it's a sore thumb on the record, but they put it at the end for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a cool way to close the record. Oh, it's yeah. a fun. It's a fun little hint at what's to come from the Arkells down the road. And now that now that you've seen what they've done now, you kind of can look back and be like, oh, okay, they, whatever. They were just, they're goofing around. It's a fun jam. Like, but yeah, it was always like, it always felt like dark and evil. And I was like, well, it's this feel good, pretty much feel good record. It's a really funny way to close out the record. <laughs> so yeah, no, sorry. No one just like said from the doorway. No, that's uh, okay. Fuck system. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Nolan. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll miss you for the rest of the we'll, podcast. We'll miss you for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so going to get into the reception here. Uh, Metacritic, yeah, it's 74 out of 100. All Music gave it 4.5 out of 5. That's a pretty good fucking that's rating a, for All Music. For All Music. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good rating. Yeah. rating. And this quote from Timothy Monger, it's funny because we've been talking about it all uh, the whole episode, but in his review, he said, it's a logical progression following 2011's Michigan left, which dialed down some of the rock heft from their 2009 debut, replacing it with bits of mm-hmm. slightly more complex pop or ornamentation on high noon. Both the Springsteen style stadium rockers and the modern pop synth bits have been dramatically emphasized to mix results. In the end, it's clear mm-hmm. that the Arkells want to be a big band and they've put themselves out there in a big way with high noon. Mm-hmm. which it's mm. so true that's summed up yeah, a, a good chunk of our conversation in one in one quote that really did. yeah dude it, it's almost like we uh are better than the critics because uh we're like we're like a we're like a facebook post and mm. the critics are like twitter mm. nice i like that i like that analogy <laughs> that's so fucking funny but no like i think we said it better because like there's a lot of like I don't know for us, for especially for me and Nolan and from the sounds of it, you guys too, like there's a lot of personal connection with the album too, that like it's a time and place album where like it really, if whenever, like whenever I put it on, I still go back to that time and place where I first heard it. I think that review, albeit, you know, pretty favorable kind of, it kind of, ixnays the personal element from it and, mm. it, and then it, it has a little backhanded compliment it's like they're trying to be a big band or whatever it's just like no I, dude for me like they are 100 percent succeeding at being a fucking they big did band. it yeah, yeah. i, I, I are, agree they're going above and beyond they're not i guess it's whatever maybe there's that like douchey like critics sort of like whatever whatever fucking ego thing they have where they have to like if you're trying a little bit too hard it's not cool anymore like to me that was when it was like trying that hard is cool as fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but that's what i thought when i heard this record i'm like the fact that they're trying this hard they're they're just trying to write a classic record and i thought i always thought it came through fuck fuck that guy <laughs> <laughs> fuck timothy Fuck Timothy Monger, but but you're you're right. It's it's a time and place thing because I think about even listening this week. Like I dove back into the album for first time in a couple of years, in all honesty. And it was like mm. I'm thinking back to like I was in high school. It was I went and saw them at Stampede. I was you're sneaking in alcohol. You're fucking with your your buddies, and you know you're fucking having a good time. Totally, it t- took me right back yeah. and back into the memories of uh, of you know that time in my life, and it uh, it it holds a special place for me because of that as well. It's it's like, you know, something that formulated Dude. growing up, right? Exactly. And I can't 
for some reason, like I can't, like I just started revisiting it uh, maybe a year ago after a few years of not listening. And it was the same thing for me, but I, I don't know. I just had this like profound thing where I was just like, it feels like that's exactly what they meant to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true, but like everyone that I talked to about the record, I mean, a lot of people, they're, they're, we're all kind of the same age. I think even you, you guys, I think we're all kind of the same age, yeah. but it's just like everybody had one of the best summers of their life in 2014. And a lot of us had that fucking album in the deck of the, mm-hmm. of our fucking Honda civics ripping around. Like, I don't know. Like, it just for whatever reason they it feels like they meant to do that, and I still kind of get that vibe every time I listen to this record. So well, and I felt like it um, had a it had a three summer shelf life in my opinion mm, because like because yeah, yeah. 2014, 2015, and twenty sixteen I have memories with yeah. this album specifically because like it was getting played on the radio so much like all three of those years, and I mean still to this day, but specifically then, and it was like. Uh, 2016 specifically for me, I think is when it was like, that was when it was my fucking, uh, summer with it. Cool. Because like, that was the cool. summer that I moved into the fraternity. Uh, one of my best friends was off work because he had fucking cut his hand open. So it was just him and I <laughs> hanging out all fucking day. Mm. And then, uh, you know, the fraternity forcing me to go to university and then like, <laughs> as you, as you, as do, you yeah. fucking do, yeah. and, like, uh, <laughs> You know, so, like, I had just, like, no pressure that fucking summer. It was one of the best times. I was, like, doing all this shit with Late Night at the Plaza. Like, every single thing about that summer to me was just, like, a beautiful fucking memory. Well, well, dude, but that's it. That's it. It literally, when you listen to music, it makes you remember hyper-specific shit, like your buddy cutting his fucking hand open. Like, <laughs> like somehow you're listening to fucking Dirty Blonde and you picture your fucking buddy with a goddamn bandage around his fucked-up hand. Like, mm. that's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, you remember the you that's... remember the, the specific things, but then, like, for me, I get the, the feeling kind of comes over arching. Like, like fucking yeah. dude, I was listening to Come to Light the other day and it came out, I was like, oh, fuck. Fuck yeah. I was in my car. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Like, literally right back yeah. into hearing it for the first time. I was fucking like, like just dude, when I yeah. got my driver's license, I was like, this is fucking sick. I remember cruising around exactly. to that and fucking, dude. like, it really got yeah. my dick any, nice and any, hard. <laughs> dude, any, any work of art that makes you audibly go, oh, fuck yeah, alone mm. in your car. Like, that's a winner like. absolutely no doubt man like i uh, yeah i fucking yeah. i had to i was like oh my god right at the start the the opening i was like oh dude like that took me right back to fucking sneaking beers out of my riff. dad's fridge and fucking oh. like getting drunk in my hot tub like just fucking right back to the good old days man all right so that's i'm gonna I'm finish up about, the man. reception here we only got three things left yes. with it it sold in its first week 5200 copies it was debuted at number three on the Canadian Albums Chart. Mm-hmm. 40,000 copies by one year later. It eventually went platinum, and it won the Juno for Rock Album of the Year, and they won Group of the Year for the second time. Fuck yeah. Uh, it was also long-listed for the Polaris pl- Prize. So this album, like, you know, we, like we've talked about it. It was, it was the thing that blew them up. It mm-hmm. really, really blew them up. Mm-hmm. Um culture at the time it was hipster hit the mainstream it was fucking yeah. it was dope everybody that was not cool was cool all of the sudden <laughs> yeah. we all had that fucking collective feeling as a group and we were just like oh yeah you know what we're alt and we're cool um yeah. all right 
So, every episode, we review the album out of ten. Fuck yeah, we do. We rate it out of a technical, a musical, a lyrical, an album art reception, and does it hold up? Technical element. Let's go. Nolan, come back. Nolan! <laughs> Nolan! Nolan! Nolan, come back! Nolan, the moment. He's about, he's about to come. This, we're wrapping up here. We're Nolan, come fun. back! Give us our score. We'll make, the best it, part. we'll make it nice and fast for you. Yeah. Oh, you look sharp. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like... Uh, uh, never mind. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> looks like his only sibling. Okay, let's go. He looks like so, a waiter yeah. at a morgue. <laughs> the old, the old, you're bringing out, yeah, you're bringing out the place. little finger sandwiches at the funeral home. <laughs> okay. He's just his hands in bread. <laughs> He's got breadsticks on each finger. Uh, okay, so technical element. Uh, I'd rate it pretty high because it's mixed very yes. fucking well. Um, I would oh, say yeah. this is like a nine out of ten on the technical element. I'll go. I have no no dispute to that. Yeah, yeah I'll go nine and a half. That's <laughs> why I'm gonna leave it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, nine point two five. Uh, musical element. Uh, I'm gonna let somebody else answer first. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you? What, what did, well, what did the boys I, go. As we were talking about the Anthony Carone's contributions, I think I think elevated the performances from every band member. This is this is, I think objectively their best record. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any dis. Just like there's no there's no denying it's the best record. The guys are fucking on fire. Every riff is iconic. The bass like the bass lines honestly are kind of the hero of the first two albums, and they almost take a back seat on this record unless you listen to them and you're like, Nick's still doing his fucking shit. He's laying down his stuff. Mm-hmm. Fucking um what's the what's the drummer's name? Tom. Tom Tim, uh, Tim Oxford. Fucking Tom's Ford. Tom Ixford <laughs> is, uh, you know, he's laying it down. Dude, you know, every every guy is firing. This is yeah. the best Max's voice has sounded. It's the best compositions. I can't say enough good things about the musicianship. Yeah. I'm giving it, I'm going nine. I'm going nine, you know. Whatever. Yeah, I, can, not rushed, I can get on board with that. Nine. What are you going? I'm going to go 9.5. 9.5? Oh, he's going 9.5. Yeah, I, I mean, catchy, catchy hooks. You know, great sounding music. It's all fucking solid melody. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'll go nine. Yeah. I'll I'll go I'll nice. go nine yeah, and a half cool. so that we bump the whole album up to nine and a half right now. Uh, lyrical, oh. lyrically, this is a fucking great album. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we yeah, we've often yeah. talked about the 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 uh, balance between being laced in metaphor and being way too fucking literal. No. And I felt like this was a good Dude. balance. This is a funny thing uh, I talk about with Nolan's partner a lot <laughs> because, like, dude, once a month we have an Arkell's debate and we talk about wh- how whatever. But like, this is one where we in the first couple albums you were always like wondering what the fuck they're talking about, and then on the newer albums you know exactly what the fuck they're talking mm-hmm. about. On this one, it was like you say, it's the perfect balance of like I miss wondering what the fuck they're talking about, but they're also like pretty upfront with like. Like, there's certain songs that are very literal. The they're dirty blonde. They uh, never thought this would happen. It's all just like really good storytelling, and they really fucking they really broke that part of their songwriting open on this record. I feel like the storytelling. So yeah, yeah. Lyrically, I'm going uh, I'm going eight and a half. 
you know, they're not uh, they're not changing the world, but they're definitely honing their craft mm. on this one. I, what do you think? They're I think I'd saving? go I'd go probably eight on that. Yeah, I'm in similar ballpark. I mean, I feel like we always agree with each eight. other on everything. So yeah, I'll go with an eight. Yeah. As well. <laughs> so we're so we're at an even nine right now. All right, album art. Right. The album art's cool, but I also don't think that it's anything that's like super special. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's necessarily something that the Arkells are known for is their album art. Their album art always does kind of feel a little bit like an afterthought compared to like a lot of bands that are in similar veins. I would say like it's interesting because I mean it takes you a while to figure out that there's a fucking airplane on the cover, um, and and like an airplane fi- flying in front of the sun. That's pretty fucking cool, uh, with like almost yeah. a marble background. Yeah. But I don't know. I would probably go a seven on it. It's like it's not special, but it's really not bad. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going six and a half. It's a underwhelm. It's the album art deserves to be cooler, but it's also. You know exactly what it is when you pick it up. So it's yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll go with seven. Maybe I'll go with seven. I'll go. I'll go six and a yeah. half. I I think you both brought there up some go. good points All about right. it. Yeah. Okay. I think you know it's not anything that'll. You do know the album just because we're familiar with it. Like if I see it, I know it's know it's the album. But I wouldn't say it'd stand out to me if I was shopping for records. Like if I never knew the band, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be something that jumps out Bella, to me. I love you. I'm taking. I'm taking my departure. It's been. It's been lovely with you guys. Have. Have it, go easy. Give on him, him one more taste of Gilbert. Go, go easy on my lover here. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good shift. Have some teeth, and uh, they're going to be put to good use tomorrow. Chomping down some. <laughs> All right, like Kobe Much love, fellas. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Much thank love. you, thank okay. you. That was a lot of fun. Oh, fun. Okay, so next element, because uh, we're at we're at. Uh, we're at an eight right now reception. It was well received beyond fucking belief. I would have to give it a 10 based on the fact that it was like, uh, you know, critically commercially awards wise. I would go, I would go a 10 because it was, it's their only album that still has a lot of the singles getting radio play. It's still in a lot of the like curated playlists on Spotify and Apple music. Um, their songs are used a lot by a lot of people in their reels and everything. Yeah. Like they've had a resurgence on TikTok with eleven eleven. So I would fucking I would put it at a ten. Mm. Fuck it, eh? That- yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I I agree. I'll, I'll go nine just to uh, you know be diplomatic about it. Uh, whatever, Timothy, there. Timothy Twatface uh, was given some backhanded comments there, so whatever. I think I think the audience liked it more than the critics even did. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, we'll go I'm there. gonna go yeah. in at an eight. I think an eight is fair. I mean, I think a ten might be a little too high, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll aggregate it out. I think an eight is a fair score in my opinion. Just, you know, they did get a lot nice. of success here um, in Canada. Yeah. I mean, but compared to, I know it's a, we rate it a little differently because, you know, we've done big bands, we've done smaller bands. Um, you know, we, we try to not, not always do they get held to the same standard because, I mean, you haven't – we've done albums that have won so many Grammys and, you know, that are, you know, one of the <clears> most <throat> iconic albums of all time. And we give the reception a 10 on it. So it's kind of – Yeah. So I, I'll go an 8 on it. I'll, I'll uh, just, just to balance it out a little bit. All right. So we're at an 8.5 cool. out of 10 right now. Does it hold up? Right. I'd say yes. Absolutely. 
Yeah, dude, you're fucking, you're saying that it lasted three summers in a row is a testament to how well it holds up. And then, and then Aaron's point of like popping it in last week and just being like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's still, this motherfucker holds up and will for, for the foreseeable future. It's still on the radio all the time here too. Like I don't listen to X92 myself, but one of my coworkers has it on his desk and he plays it all day. And I hear, mm-hmm. you know, a song off this album probably, you know, every day or every other day. Yeah. Uh, it's usually Leather Jacket. Yeah. But yeah. By, by us, by us song, I mean the the one song that they, <laughs> they played on repeat the entire time. But that's that's the one I hear. Yeah. Uh, so all it right. really holds up. Yeah. So eight and a half out of ten for the Arkells High Noon. Fuck yeah. All right. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for joining us today. Mm-hmm. It's been such a fucking joy. Uh, I love that we yeah, made okay. this two episodes. Yeah. That was so cool. And, uh, yeah, you are on the podcast every week anyways. So it's kind of funny oh, that, yeah, like, man. now you're mm-hmm. on it and talking, not just singing. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate Fuck yeah, it. dude. Dude, we would – and we would love to come uh... – actually hang out with you guys even if it's not just for an episode we'll go have a fucking couple beers fuck yeah at man. uh uh the new rocket for dollars yeah <laughs> and yeah. dude 100 percent. or or we got to go to ship or modern love yeah maybe ship. who knows we might be going to vancouver but uh but yes come through but yeah no, march we're... 3rd uh you have any vancouver listeners march 3rd we're playing at the rec room burnaby Let's go. Fuck yeah. Let's fucking do it. And stage. also, uh, the album Right in the Kisser is out. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Wherever the fuck you are, get it. It's amazing. Get it, baby. Mm-hmm. It's a 10 out of 10 on the Misfits on Vinyl yes. rating scale. Um, and one thing you, I You might want to revamp that interview, that, that review once you hear it. One thing I do want to say. Oh, it's six and a half. I really appreciate your time coming out. I mean, it was a long episode today. It's a, it's a, you know, I appreciate you taking a couple hours out of your day to come talk to us. And, you know, boys, I would fucking, I, I wish we could go a couple more hours, man. We got, we got so <laughs> yeah, more we could die. Red Bull. Um, one more thing too. I want to say uh, just before we clue up here, uh, I was at the tea house on Wednesday night with Sam and my brother. Um, seeing Spencer's show. He put on for Sandy Cooper black. Uh, raising some money for for the rodeo kid, and uh, he did a really good job. It was a really really fun room. There was a lot of brokeback mountain jokes. There was because uh, there was a lot of cowboys there. Uh, there was a lot of brokeback mountain jokes. The comedians all killed, and it was really funny. And it was a good night. And you guys raised like fucking seven hundred fifty bucks. We, bucks. we raised six hundred ninety dollars. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah. Man. So uh, I'm super happy about that. Uh, yeah, thank you again for coming out, and uh, honestly, thank you to everybody who came out to that show because it meant a lot to me. That was the first time I was doing a fundraiser show, mm-hmm. and honestly, it went so well. I I'm super excited to do another one at some point, you know. Uh, but yeah, it means a lot to me. I'm glad that we were able to make some money for Sandy and his family. Um, his family seemed really happy about it. Nice. Everybody that was there that knew Sandy came up to me and thanked me afterwards, which was really nice. I had a really good conversation with some of his rodeo buddies afterwards. Uh, and one of his family friends who was there, they were like, there was like a group of like fucking eight of them who were all sitting there. 
Uh, and she came up afterwards and she was like, yeah, like not only do I appreciate that you did this, but I want to come back to more shows because this was so much fun. So, it, man, it's so good to laugh too. like fucking I'm sure those people needed a laugh with everything going on. And the fact that they were all such good sports too, like, oh, yeah, fucking props to them. They did not look to be the type like fucking I may have judged a book by its cover. They're all wearing like fucking cowboy hats and boots and they seemed like a certain, you know, uh, type of crowd and fucking they got called gay the whole time and made fun of and Dude. asked how they kiss each other with their cowboy hats on and yeah, like I, all this stuff. I got to say Gabby Rose had the fucking best like riffing of the night. Oh, she yeah. spent like five minutes just like breaking down the logistics of how they, the two guys would kiss with their cowboy hats on <laughs> yeah. and like how they could improve the cowboy nice. hat kissing. Yeah. It was, it was fucking great. So shout out to Gabby. It was a really fun night, man. And I'm proud of you. Me and Sam are both proud, proud of you. You did a great job. I appreciate song. it, fellas. Yeah. All right. Well, that has been Misfits on Vinyl. Thank you so much uh, for listening and watching wherever yeah. you are. And uh, we're going to be back tomorrow to record uh, an episode with the Doohickeys. Yes. But that'll be coming out three weeks from now. Yes. And uh, <laughs> and then we're recording two episodes next weekend, and those will be coming out in a month. Yeah. So, well, shout out, shout out <laughs> once again to the Vitos. Yeah. We appreciate your company. It's been a lot of fucking fun. It's been we will blast. be doing it again, I guarantee it. We absolutely will. Thank you so okay. much. And uh, anal contusions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Misfits on Vinyl, hosted by Spencer Streichert and me, Aaron Walsh, and of course produced by Sam Sam the Tech Man, Sam Lindsay. If you like us, please rate us, subscribe to us, share us. Our socials are Misfits on Vinyl Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to send us an email with any suggestions or criticisms, uh, we love that shit, so send it away. It's Misfits on Vinyl at gmail.com. We love you guys. Thank you.